Jimmy, I haven't seen you. Are you up there running lights and sound? No, it's Eileen. Oh, hello, Eileen. Let's hear it. Come on, it's Eileen. Jesus. How is your paw? It's good now. I got a big old Band-Aid on my pinky. That was great of Hannah to get that for yeah, you. Yeah, that was so super that you didn't nice. bleed all over. Yeah, I wouldn't want to uh, bleed all over. Me or, you know, the stage or whatever. Yeah. Like, your jacket or my jacket or anybody's jackets or whatever. Don't um, want to bleed on a jacket. Can't bleed on a jacket, you guys. It's so... Now we know, you know? Now we know what it's like. Four days in. <laughs> and literally a hell mouth, as predicted. Yep. Uh, everything is going oh, away. That's just good. kidding about the wall. They're just as bad. Hillary and same Trump, same. they are the same. She is just as bad as he is. Like, if you vote for her, she is, like, just as bad. She is just as bad. She, she was gonna put on a pantsuit and just same. ram she a pipeline through every oil just the and then put it on top of gays mm-hmm. that have no rights anymore or a webpage. Black people are fucked. None of us have health care. Just the same. Yep. They're just... The same. Just exactly the same. I'm furious at protest voting. I have to tell you. I'm sure there's even people who did it here. Name yourselves! <laughs> don't, don't let it get to you. <laughs> I'm Just so... kidding. I'm so... Uh, I don't know. We went to the march in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the march in D.C. I'm sure a lot of you guys marched here. I'm sure that's also something. Actually, our audience, that seems a little low. A little light. <laughs> what the fuck were you it doing? It was a Saturday. 750,000 people. If you were retail, you were And that's not every single one. That's true. That's true. Retail is excused. <laughs> Servers, also excused. If you got booked on something, you're excused. <laughs> Got booked on that Saturday afternoon. If you got a Saturday pilot, you're totally excused. <laughs> if you had to go in for a couple voiceover spots, excused. Okay, that one counts. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so we went to uh, D.C. And, um, well, first of all, we were there the day we were, we flew in two days. We t- flew in on Thursday. So we Wednesday. Were, what? No, no, because the March... It was on Saturday. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. No, it's okay. okay. Time doesn't matter anymore. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> Literally doesn't matter what day it That's is. That's true. I'm That's still true. writing zero, zero, zero on my checks. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just make up whatever you want. I'm hey, still I'm writing Michael J. Fox now. Six. In Back to the Future. That's what I am. That's who I am. That's who I'm living as now. Don't I, give a shit. You I, know was, what? I was going to do a joke about how I'm writing six, six, six on my checks, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I should have said it a little while ago. Yeah, earlier. <laughs> Well, we were there on Thursday, so we were there on Friday, which was the day of the inauguration, and uh, that day was bunkos. That day, I don't know if you guys saw this on the only trusted news source, uh, Twitter, Twitter moments, yeah. <laughs> but um, there was uh, broken, broken, broken windows, yeah. uh, tear gas, and um, ca- cars on fire and stuff. And also, and also a reality star was inaugurated as the 45th president. That's the other thing. Thank you, Rhea. That's a that's a also great point. That, She's brought uh, up a great. <laughs> I don't know. You know. You know how I would describe this scene. Now, this scene that I'm going to uh, reference is unfortunately at night, so it doesn't totally apply to the emotion. But you know, in Back to the Future Part Two, <laughs> when Marty makes it into. Uh, Hill Valley, and they've already knocked down the sign that says Hell Valley, and he's looking around, and he's in the alternate timeline. That's what Washington, D.C. felt like. Just bi- uh, bikers yeah, floating around, things on fire. I mean, I know Straight what you're, up, I know what what you're like. talking about. Unfortunately, there's some racism in that scene in Back to the Future, too, right? Or is that That's one? earlier. So, no, no, no. When is one. racism? Well, it's in all of them. The sexual assault It's in all of them because it's a white movie. One. So... When he goes, when he's like, one, it's trying this to be is positive, alternate 1985, right. this neighborhood's terrible, and right. he just goes into his house and it's just black people. A black family. <laughs> that's, a, that's in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really pretty Really bad. terrible. It's pretty bad. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is a terrible neighborhood. Yeah, it's terrible. So whoever wrote that scene... Robert Zemeckis is happy right now. Do you think he wrote that Bob Gale. That, do, you that's, do you think that Bob Gale wrote that scene? Yeah. Specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think he wrote Trump's it for this border. reason. Bob Gale? Yeah, just for that scene. Well, yeah. Um, wait, but Rhea, I want to just talk about this one thing before we... Because then I want to talk about the immigration, okay. but I want to talk about, about how the protests were really bunkos. Which ones? The one on Friday. Okay. Because there was a lot of Make America Great Again hats. Okay. What? I don't know. (laughs) What do you not want me to talk about? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. No, go ahead. What are you? Who are you afraid I'm gonna alienate in this audience? Nobody. I'm All not of the white men. <laughs> no, that's not good. Right. Good point. <laughs> good point. I'm coming no, no, for no. you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep All going. of the white women. Yeah. Coming for you too. Coming for you too. <laughs> um, oh, there was a lot of um, protesters with bandanas on that mm-hmm. were screaming at the cops. Oh, you're talking about the That anarchists. had my color skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... Don't do that. Here's the thing. <laughs> we need some ground rules for how to behave over the next... Whenever this ends, and I, I don't... I don't mean the presidency. I mean the planet. <laughs> um, yeah. We need some ground rules. Here's a ground rule. 
that I think is true. Young white men, don't put a mask on and run at the police screaming at them because you are probably not the person who is going to feel the retribution from that. One person may have clapped or they just moved their hands. (laughs) They, yeah. It's totally true. I think they went like this. It's totally true. I really do, I really think, um, I really think like, uh, yeah. No, it's actually true because Young white dude anarchists that were like, fuck everything and capitalism and everything. And you guys, no, like that's not what's gonna, no. I feel like some parts of the left are scary in the way that some parts of the right are scary because here's the thing. You can't, do you realize if you burn it all to the ground that we live in there? Yeah. Like, I feel like you don't own your own house if you don't realize this. And so maybe it's something about your age. Maybe you're out there just like, it's it's like the same person that like kick down a sign that says drive like your kids live here. Like, no, (laughs) I don't have any kids. Time jump to then later when they're driving. I wasn't sure if they just left like it. earlier they were walking you know what, they were mad they you didn't know, have their dad's car. It would car. make sense if they did that stupid fucking thing that people do in LA that I've never seen in another country in another countries? <laughs> well, pretty much. Um, <laughs> that I've never seen in another city where people just park um, people just double park even though there's spots. Spots. <laughs> or even like just a drive they're just gonna be there for ten seconds. So you could just pull in front of a driveway. Nope. They double park. They, they double park, and then somebody will double park on the double s- park other on side. The other and side. It's just four cars across. <laughs> but then every other every other spot is open. <laughs> it's just four cars. Yeah. In an open street. That's what I said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just restating it. <laughs> it was a long weekend. It was funny to me <laughs> that you thought you were saying a new thing, I wasn't but it was saying what I said. a new thing. You were recapping. For the AV club or whatever. Um, uh-huh. Okay, so then Michael Moore was speaking. We went mm-hmm. to see that, and he said, and I tuned out when he was like, "And they're gonna come for LGBT rights." Well, I don't even want to say those letters. We're all LGBT. That's what um, he said. Nope. Actually, we're not. No. Some of us are. Some I mean, of us are. We all live together. We appreciate each other. Like they're coming for some of us more than others. <laughs> Anyway, um, it's like white people, like the best way to fight racism isn't to be like, we're all black. Like, do you guys get it now? I don't. Because it's because you're like, well, color. no. Because I don't. Ra- racism letters. is a thing where dismiss your sexual orientation for my benefit. I know. Well, if there's anybody I'm going to do it for, it's Michael, Michael Moore. Moore. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that was weird, and the 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 Trump 
supporters were were that was weird. To yeah, see. there was a guy uh, like draped ha- had like a "Don't Tread on Me" flag draped over him, and then there were a bunch of them with uh, <sighs> "Blue Lives Matter" American flags. I don't know if you guys there have seen a lot those. Of those. Just stuff. like kind of walking up to the protests. Like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. They were walking like. <laughs> Some of them were walking like this. Other w- of them were just going like. Like, I do think that, I do think, and I will say, they were mostly men, there were some women. Yeah, and the women were like this. I did not see a person that was not, yeah. (laughs) I did not see a person that was not white that was wearing Trump. Not a single I did not see a single person. So I will say, these are white people who are like, we are so proud, now we are finally in charge. (laughs) And how (laughs) is it that you have arrived at the conclusion that up until this point, you have not been in charge. <laughs> you seem to be an adult. What has happened to you? Actually, what has happened to you? Can, can I, a lot of the people, like uh, people that were journalists that were talking to uh, Trump supporters that came for the inauguration were finding out, like most of them, they, they were talking to people, just finding stuff out from them. It was like 90% white people and a majority of them had never visited D.C. before in their lives and they're like in their 50s or 60s and that's not like a judgment and what I would say is the reason they feel that way is because they live in a white bubble and they only live with white people who go like shit's bad all the time and then that's all they think about about how terrible everything is and then it somehow affects them and then we all have to live in their terrible world now Yeah, their terrible white supremacy bubble well I don't know I mean so, I will Have say. Have you ever seen a bubble with a cone the, on the top of it? I've never seen one before in my life. I didn't there think was it was scientifically of, was, possible, but we don't have science there's anymore. A lot so. of, <laughs> there's a lot of sadness. Make yourself a clamping bubble. There's a lot of sadness, too, because, like, I. Somebody tweeted at me a picture. Th- it was three different pictures of Barack Obama smiling mm-hmm. that they had made, like, a little meme, and it said, like, what did it say? Like, this gay fairy can't protect us or whatever. And literally, so I just want to say he was smiling. First of all, they treated this at me, right? And I was like, you don't realize whose timeline you have entered. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to call this person gay that you love. I'm like, great, I wish. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I want them both to be gay. Yeah, I want yeah. Brock to be gay. I want Michelle to be gay. <laughs> See? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with them the way they are, but if you're like, do you want them to be gay? Yes! <laughs> but it was just so sad to me that somebody sure. that somebody just... Somebody thought... They saw a smiling, smiling man. And they were like, this gay. person is gay. <laughs> and gay is bad. Like, that is... Roll. We need to talk about this uh, for a long time with young people in schools and show them those pictures and say, "This is a hap. This is happiness. <laughs> it's just he's he's a black person, but this is what happiness looks like." Um, you're confused. so you want to talk about the march at all? I do. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of it? I mean, I, somebody asked me like backstage, "How's the march?" And I was like, "Yeah." I'm in the same zone. I'm in the same zone, really. It's the like emotional ride of the. 
I think I learned a lot. That's what I'll say. We should have been there a long time ago. We're late. Yeah, we're super late. We're late. We're late. We're really late. Um, I think it was very cool. I'm really glad it happened. I'm happy I was a part of it. Everybody was very kind, like the, the you know the people that we met, mm-hmm. um, and even on the day of the inauguration, like yeah, servers I, were giving us free food and stuff because they yeah. were like, "I can't march tomorrow. Here's a pop tart. Go go out there and do me proud." Uh, that happened. It yeah. was really a pop. I mean, I only saw like two Trump supporters, and they were like trudging along like with it, like they were gonna yeah. interrupt it or whatever. And uh, well, one of them was a, a teenager, and he was wearing a sweatshirt that said. All rifles matter, which is a pretty awful thing that exists in the world. And I get why um, he's saying that because we've been killing guns. I know we've been indiscriminately, and uh, but they that got really needs to change. Like thirty feet close to like where just a bunch of women were, and then they're like, nope. <laughs> so I mean, so this is the was... thing that I've learned from the march. Uh, which is that um, men are terrified of women. That's that's true. <laughs> and that's if true. we just all band together, and uh, if you can, just like walk out, because there was an article about like, oh my god, these husbands, they had to take care of their children. Yeah. Like a New York Times article they was were like, the he heroes. had to miss things. And like, <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, oh, what was I just going to say? Oh, right, yes, no, men are very scared of women, and I think that um, this last election actually really proved that because it is very telling to me to hear, like, you know, because I did hear liberals screaming, lock her up, and then now I am hearing liberals saying, free Melania, and so um, if you believe that Hillary Clinton is a bad person... And if you believe that Melania Trump is a bad person, um, let's say you believe that they're equally bad or equally good. Why do you want to put one in jail and then the other one, you want to get them out of there? And I wonder if it's because one of them is a silent model. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we need to think Mm -hmm. of... About the way we treat women. Because one of them is a model. And so you're like, she needs my help. (laughs) Where were you? Where were you when they came for her emails? I heard a Trump supporter woman who was like maybe 50 in the airport when we were leaving. And she was like, oh yeah, I had a great time. I got a couple pins and I bought some Trump stuff and some other stuff and the inauguration was beautiful we went to some balls and stuff and <laughs> yeah I went to that women's march it was so silly I saw this sign that said free Melania I mean what the hell freer from what a life of luxury I mean come on that's what Trump supporters think well that's free weird Melania? too because she definitely does have a bad bad life if you look at her face you just yeah but she also supported she... birtherism so 100% she's a bad person who also is living a bad life True. I think the only difference is that Donald Trump appears to be a very, very bad person. Yeah. Who may... Is he living a good life? <laughs> I can't tell, because his exterior is a bag. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. You can't Steven. make fun of somebody's appearance unless their appearance 
completely reflects how evil they are. <laughs> also, I think you can maybe judge his, his appearance given that he's like the owner of the Miss Universe competition. I mean, maybe, maybe that's fair, but I also think like he, the faces that he makes on his face. You guys know how he has a face and he's the, and it's the face of the president and then he just goes like, yeah, yeah, I can do, I can do one of them. I can do one of them. Yeah. That, this should never have been the boss of anything. And then the other Look one is like, face. he looks like he's shitting. So what the, yeah, exactly. Wait, give me your leather jacket. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm stressed trying out. Trying to make neck folds and it didn't work. <laughs> we should say the thing about the hat because we have to stop. Oh yeah. What? Oh. The oh. What I wanted to say plane, is, but. I think that what you were trying to say earlier about the march is that. Here's here's my thought on it. I am so glad it happened. I was so glad I was there. I do think that um, uh, white women specifically, we should not be maybe quite so proud. of of ourselves. I think we might need to take a teeny stutter step. I think use the energy that you're feeling right now from all of the worldwide marches to bolster you because you have a lot of work ahead of you. But um, we are joining late and 53% of us did this. And so I was struck by mm-hmm. um, the indigenous women from Standing Rock that we saw marching mm-hmm. and the Muslim women that we saw marching uh, in hijab and uh, the, the black, black women, women who were wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts that who, like uh, look like they maybe had worn them to other protests in the past. Like these are women also, we are joining. Like yeah. they are not joining us. We are joining them. We are late. Other people have been doing the work. Do it now. Join it. But like please while you're doing that, I think a little bit of uh, respect and gratitude to the people that are letting us march with them after we have fucking ignored them and allowed terrible things to happen to them. I just, I couldn't not see it. I'm so, I'm so aware of my white skin right now and that is fine. I think if you are out here and you're aware of your white skin, if you're a white person, uh, that seems appropriate. So let's just like live in that for a little bit. Um, maybe also let's just like, like listen and read up. If, if see what other people's experience was at the march. Yes, Maria. Well, yes, uh, Maria. What were you saying? Yeah. Never mind. It's fine. Yo, what were you saying? No, no, no. No, it's good. I'm good. <laughs> well, now I've said that I'm supposed to listen just, to other women, but yeah, then... yeah. I know, but I'm a white woman, so it doesn't matter. But you have a very butch haircut. Doesn't matter. Gay and a woman <laughs> doesn't erase that I'm white. Keep that in mind. That's white true. gay women That's doesn't erase true. it. That's true. Everybody's That's like, true. what? I know. <laughs> I know we're saying I didn't do nothing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly. a good one. That was a, that exactly. was a good one. That was a good one, Rhea. Good one. Thanks. Um, also, I just want to add this final thing before we bring out our first comic. No, it, this is no, Rhea, don't fall down. Just one time, one time. It's fine. Well, well, we aren't. We also aren't the first uh, people who are doing 
feminism, right? And I think... <laughs> and I think uh, the idea of intersectional feminism uh, seems like it's really new. And we talk a lot about white feminism, um, but I would just say, uh, if you are feminist, and you should be, because uh, otherwise, why are you here? And um, <laughs> the movement used to be about the things that we're talking about. Gloria Steinem, who you know we know as this like famous white face of feminism, she was close, close friends with Wilma Mankiller, who's the first female chief of the Cherokee Nation. And she spent a ton of time touring with like Alice Walker. She's, she was doing this work and other women were doing this work with her. And I think that we could also look back at our history, maybe with a slightly, um, like let's look for it. Like let's look at how people did this in the past. Because I think especially white women, that was amazing that we all showed up. And I know there were other women there, um, but there were so many white women there. And so we should, I think, look for as many resources as possible to figure out how to do this and how to really create change and come together. So there are people that have done this in the past. And you can also uh, go on Twitter and read perspectives from other women that are not like white cis women or white straight women um, or whatever, or just white women. And, and I think... The great news is there's a lot of ability to educate ourselves, right? So you don't have to even ask questions. You don't have to go up to black people and ask them to explain it to you. You can just uh, put yourself into the knowledge. And so I think that's the next goal. Agreed? Will we all do it? Great. <laughs> well, I'm glad I slowed down the show to yep. give a speech. Do you want to... Place. Rhea. <laughs> so are you. Well, this comic... That was a very devious laugh. <laughs> this comic uh, we like very much. Oh, yes. Such so a hilarious dude. He's so funny. On at mid Right on at midnight. Yeah, been on at midnight. And uh, you guys are going to love him, too. Also, guess what? You know what? He has an amazing... Uh, it's an improv group, yes? Yes. <laughs> His improv group is called White Women. <laughs> Yep, and our friend Zeke Nicholson is in it too. Yeah. Um, you guys, let's hear it right now for Ify Wadenaway. Give it up for Ify! Oh man, we got a woke audience tonight. I heard them laugh, so I was judging you behind the stage. I was like, they better laugh at this woke shit. <laughs> better laugh. I, I, I was at the March in San Francisco. I was up there for Sketchfest. I felt like I took uh, two steps forward in my wokeness and one step back because it was the first march I went to, so of course I went to the white women's march first. <laughs> Felt like I was judged <laughs> immediately. Uh, but it's been, it's been cool, you know? Uh, you know, I'm still tripping. Like, I'm still like, damn, Trump really did that shit. Like, this motherfucker's in the WWE Hall of Fame, y'all. Like, <laughs> and he did it, he did that shit. But uh, how many people are feeling hopeless about it? Anybody feeling hopeless? All right, all right. Here, I'm going to prove to you that, you know, you're not completely hopeless. By a round of applause, how many of you guys think uh, Donald Trump has a small dick? <laughs> See, that's how I know you still have hope because you think the world is fair. The world is not fair. He has a big-ass dick. He fucked all our moms. Like, <laughs> call your mom. It's like, yeah, that Donald Trump got a fat-ass dick. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> and I remember when he got elected, like people were like, we gotta be in the resistance, we gotta join the resistance. You know, I watch dystopia movies a lot, and uh, I figured out my position is not going to be in a resistance. I'm going to be that brother at the end who was working for the dark side, but I'm like, come in, y'all. I'm going to save you. And that's where I'm going to redeem myself, because the resistance get blown into about 25% in the third act. <laughs> Choose wisely, everyone. <laughs> Choose wisely. But last year wasn't all bad for me. You know, I had a daughter. I had a daughter. I'm a dad now. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, don't clap too much. I'm still trying to decide if I'm sticking around or not, you know? <laughs> I can go out for cigarettes tomorrow and never come back and be gone, you know? Just joking, though, I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Probably be like protein shake or something. Daddy's got to get some muscle milk. <laughs> you know, at least that'd give her a cool story, like, my dad went out for muscle milk. <laughs> Uh, but, but it's crazy because, you know, um, once again, uh, two steps forward, one step back in my wokeness, my, my wife is white. Uh, I don't know why I said it with that inflection, but, uh, <laughs> but because of this, you know, we had a baby and the baby is white as hell. This is a white baby. I can't be walking around with a white baby in Trump's America, you know? <laughs> can't be doing that. You know, they're going to be coming up with new stereotypes like niggas eat babies now. And now I... <laughs> Now I'm walking around Whole Foods with this delicious ass baby. <laughs> buying paprika, you know? <laughs> you know, that's just one of the spices I can't get, you know? Can't pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, she's like white as hell and I, and like I got a buffer because my, my mom hit me with a bomb like, you know, right when my wife was like about eight months pregnant. She's like, oh, by the way, baby might come out white. Uh, <laughs> Your granddad was half white. I was like, oh, cool. Like, real late, real late. I, I could have been cashing on that 25% of privilege. You know, like, I want to be like, I am a white man when I'm getting pulled over, you know? <laughs> but I didn't do it. I feel like it's too late now. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, being a dad, because now it's like, all right, I got, got responsibilities. And I feel like, you know, these responsibilities, you know, I'm trying to be more woke. I'm feeling like, like seeing, you know, Donald Trump come to power. I'm like, I got to be more woke. I got to be out there. I got to be active. Uh, and, and it's just hard for me. But it was a dream. Like growing up, you know, I always wanted to be like a civil rights leader, you know, growing up as a black man in America. Because, you know, we had these huge heroes in our life, you know. Uh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream. Malcolm X, by any means necessary. Frederick Douglass, good hair, you know. <laughs> So I finally have the opportunity, but like I feel like I can't be doing my think pieces anymore because like I write these long ass Facebook statuses and then you see I put way more work into my Facebook status about how Digimon is better than Pokemon if you compare the animes and not the video games. And you're like, this dude ain't woke. He ain't woke. Also, like, I feel like I'm just not the right ambassador because in a weird way, like, people still being racist is funny to me. Like, it's like someone with a beeper. You're like, you're still on that, you know? <laughs> like, I don't react to the N-word the way I feel I should. Like, I, last time someone called me the N-word, uh, uh, like, I laughed in his face. And, you know, he was like, he was like, he looked at me. He was like, hey, you... He, neighbor and like for those purposes of the joke I'm saying neighbor uh, <laughs> and he said neighbor not neighbor uh, so <laughs> and I just laughed at his face and, and, and he just was like what and he like left so I feel like he's like I guess it's cool to call black people the n-word now because <laughs> he's just a-okay with it uh, 
I try not to uh, dwell on that too much. I, you know, I'm just trying to move on with my life. I'm a big goofy dude, big, big juicy. I'm a juicy ass dude. Like how I would describe myself is like juicy yet kind of fit. Uh, like I feel like the, the the current weight state that I am in is like I have to. I do have to watch the way I stand for photos. Like if I take, like that's where I am with my weight. Like I have to watch how I stand because uh, because like I've like from right here. If you took a photo of me, great. I'm looking good. You know, looking slim. But right here, it's like damn. Like and I know it now. And people keep taking pictures of me from this angle. So. Like, can you take that down, please? <laughs> because, like, last year I kind of gave up. Like, I, I usually work out a lot, but then, like, I, I figured out that if you, you could just buy bigger clothes and, like, <laughs> and it balances out. You know, it's like, like, did you lose weight? No, I'm wearing double XL now. <laughs> Fashion. <laughs> Really in a fashion, uh, you know, uh, really trying to take that on, try and be more like my Lord and Savior Kanye West, uh, <laughs> which was rough for me. Like that, that's what like told me a lot about myself. Like that's when I got pissed off at Donald Trump. Like when Kanye West went to Trump Tower, I was like, oh no. Also because like I'm the biggest Kanye shit talker. Like if you talk shit about Kanye, I'm in your status. Like I don't even know you, but I'm gonna be in your status. And so like everyone, everyone had their Trump card. Oh shit, that's a good ass pun. Uh, uh, like everyone had it and so like my phone was blowing up like I didn't even get to see it yet uh, there's a friend of mine Ben Bazune he's a, he's a J. Cole fan that nigga's trash I don't care uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just say it right now fuck J. Cole uh, <laughs> and he sent it to me that was the first thing I woke up to and he like did one of those dumbass emojis like you know like the mm, you know when he's thinking and I had nothing <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's my mission. Like that's that was my sign in the women's march. Like give us Kanye West back, and no one agrees with me. It's okay. Wait till the next album. Y'all be back on my side. Uh, I went to Argentina uh, with the misses, uh, and it was mind blowing because out there, like, uh, like here's the thing. It's like, when I go to another country, I just assume they've never seen black people before, so I want to, like, stunt on people. Like, I want to be like, yeah, we out here. Um, hand me a basketball. I'm a fucking dunk that shit. <laughs> and, like, uh, they, they hella got black people. I should have listened to Moonlight. Like, he was like, I don't, if you guys haven't seen Moonlight, as a matter of fact, fuck my closer. Here's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> go see Moonlight. It's an amazing movie. Thank you very much. of all time and if you're like I don't understand why are people so mad at La La Land what did La La Land do you are the whitest person on the planet it's a good movie no it's just no it's just no 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 that's how we change people's minds these days right just going no no when we were on the plane coming back there was a couple and the uh, guy, and the it was a heterosexual couple, and the guy, they were like in their 50s, and the guy was wearing like a very off-brand MAGA hat, so I don't know where he got it. Um, it was weird. It was like he ordered it off of like Kirkland or something. It was very strange. And so like, 
when we were getting off the flight, and there were a bunch of women on the flight, and one of them was wearing her pink hat the whole time. And when we were leaving, he was like, we're in hostile territory from one pink hat. So just imagine what we could do if we, I don't know, talk to each other. (laughs) We were just like, no, that's not okay. (laughs) Pink hat. (laughs) Anyway, do you guys want to keep this show rolling? Awesome. This next comic, um, she actually was starting comedy like right when uh, I was like getting ready to move to Los Angeles and she took over the awesome open mic that Cameron started that we met at. And uh, she's a hilarious comic and she's killing it. Please welcome Sonia Denny. Hey, you guys. Give it up for Cameron and Rhea. They're doing an amazing job. It's a great show. Um... I uh, I recently, as uh, Rhea mentioned, I, I lived in Chicago and I recently moved to uh, New York. And uh, the week before I left, I was having a conversation with my friend and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend was like, oh my God, I'm from the city of New York. Like, what part are you moving to? And I was like, oh, they have Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And she was like, mm. I think that makes you a gentrifier. And I was like, what? Uh, And she was like, my grandmother grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, and she was priced out by people like you. And I was like, "Mm, time out, girl. Uh, I can't be a gentrifier. I'm black. Come on. You think they're building a Jamba Juice because we're in town? Get out of here. Come on. It's right. Yes. Yes, my boyfriend is white, but he's a dog walker. He's not even using his privilege. Do you understand? <laughs> Wasted on him. Get out of my face. Uh, <laughs> no, because like, and I know my neighborhood is deaf. Like, if, if we are gentrifiers, though, like he and I, we're like level one or two. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and a, like a, a scotch of gentrification. You know what I mean? Like MS Bush gentrification for anyone who's a Top Chef fan. Like, we live with five people. Like, come on. Um, but my neighborhood is definitely in the early stages of gentrification. I know that because um, the graffiti is like authentic. <laughs> I mean, like it was not commissioned <laughs> at all. No one wants it, but it still pops up. Um, also, my roommates, uh, at least the the ones who are white, will have sometimes like weird customer service experiences when we go out, like. For example, I was in the grocery store one day and I'm talking to the cashier and like while I'm cashing out, we're talking about like our favorite brands of cocoa butter and episodes of Martin, like black shit. And she sees my boyfriend walk up and I sense her tensing up because he's white and I wanted to turn to her and be like, girl, him? He believes black lives matter, girl. He's never asked to touch someone's hair. Come on. But I didn't say any of that. Uh, Instead, I was just like, "Mm, who is this white devil? (laughs) I'm not proud of that. Um, (laughs) We're still together. He's very forgiving. Um, But I've learned that, like, I need external validation from strangers, which is why I'm in L.A. Like, is this funny? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? Okay, cool. Stop harassing audience members. Uh, Cameron and Rhea were talking about the march, a few other people too. Uh, I went to the one here in San Francisco on my first day here. And it was like, obviously, like, I was getting on the train to go on, uh, and it was like my first time getting on the train, like me and the other rich white women were all like, what do you do here? <laughs> you pay? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> 
there were like a lot of signs, obviously, like fuck Trump or dump Trump. And there was another sign <laughs> that I remember specifically, and it was like uh, the Topanga Women's Movement. And I was like, oh, what is Topanga? And my friend's like, that's a city. I was like, that's weird that you named a city after like a character from Boy Meets World. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he was like, what are you saying? I was like, never mind. Um, <laughs> One, so the sign had like a list of like a manifesto for the women and first up was like women's rights are human rights and I was like yes and it was like freedom of religion is fundamental and I was like unless you're a Scientologist but yes uh, it's a cult I didn't make that up um, and then the third thing was like all lives matter and I was like what <laughs> it's like when you watch like Law and Order and there's that one character that you like a lot and it's like he was the killer the whole time like uh, I was so disappointed. And then, like, a white dude next to me screams out, Take that shit down! And she turns around, uh, one of the Topanga women, and she sees Chad and me, and she's like, So you said it, right? And I was like, For sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. When I explain, because, like, five other women, like, coalesced around me, and they were like, Tell us, black women, why is this bad? Why don't all our lives matter? Why are yours more important? And um, I explained, and they were super nice about it. And they were like, oh, I didn't know. I'm so grateful you explained this to me. And then later, my whole other white friend was like, I feel like that's a win. I was like, I always feel like I want to kill myself after a win. You're right. <laughs> the win was I didn't hurl myself in front of a train car after. Like, and I know I don't have to explain to you guys you know, why All Lives Matter is offensive because I see your, like, geometric tattoos and your Warby Parkers. You're woke. I get it. So it's not all white people, but, like, talk to your friends. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm Rwandan. Uh, my mom uh, moved here when she was, like, in her 20s. Uh, and in her lifetime, she's been through a lot. Like, there's a genocide in 94. She moved to this country while she was pregnant with twins. And, like, just a lot of, like, racism, xenophobia. So much she's been through in her life. And so much death. All of it. But you would never know that about her because that's how strong she is. <laughs> but she raised me in the West. And weekly, I'll call her. And I'm like, Mom, I woke up sad this morning and I don't know why. <laughs> you know? She's super supportive because she's a good mom and a good Catholic, and she's always like, oh, no, have you prayed? <laughs> and I'm always like, I'm agnostic, so maybe, you know? <laughs> she fucking hates that joke so much. Um, but I did go see a psychiatrist recently, and for those of you that are happy and you're like, oh, what's that? Uh... <laughs> You go to a man, he gives you pills. But before he can do that, he has to ask you a series of questions to assess the situation. So one of the first questions he asked me, he was like, are you in a relationship? And I was like, yeah. He was like, boyfriend? I was like, yeah. He was like, do you love him? And I was like, I don't know. What did he say? I don't say it first. <laughs> he didn't laugh. Uh, <laughs> he was like, I feel like that's inappropriate, Miss Denny. And I was like, but doctor, the world is a stage, you know? He's not a fan. Um... <laughs> Another question he asked me, he was like, uh, do, do you do drugs? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, unless you're a cop and you have to tell, inappropriate. Yip, 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 yip. Um, and then one of the final questions he asked me, he was like, have you ever had any suicidal thoughts? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why haven't you acted on those thoughts? And I was like, obviously, it'll be hard on my family and my friends. And, you know, everybody, no matter how sad I get, suicide is something that's hard to go through with. And this man, I'm not making this up, he looks at me and then looks at his notepad and he's like, hmm, not if you're determined. What? <laughs> I'm not making 
that up. That's what he said to me. I paid $250 to find that out. Um, but now I want to kill myself so fucking bad. Mm. Just so I can write a suicide note like, thanks, Dr. Keaton. You taught me to believe in myself. <laughs> I'm going to hang myself. She's on board. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So make sure there's clear comedy. Uh, I'll leave you guys on this. Uh, my mom, uh, up until this year, my mom had never seen me do stand-up because I wouldn't invite her. But let's not get hung up in details. Uh, but uh, my mom, like two years ago, asked to see my comedy. She was like, I just want to see a video or something. I was like, all right, fine, fine, fine. And like all the comedians you're seeing tonight are obviously fantastic. But like no matter how good you are at comedy, you're going to have a set where you bomb. But I don't think you can say you've truly bombed until you've bombed with the person who's responsible for your existence. You know, like, I don't think you can say you've truly bombed until you sat with a person who gave you life. And two minutes in to your best clip on YouTube, she's like, do you do this a lot? It's like, it's like I finally get the saying, a piece of me died, because uh, a piece of me is still on my mom's couch trying to explain to her how brilliant my hotel Rwanda Schindler's lisp is. <laughs> She's not on board. And some of you didn't laugh at that because you're like, I'm not going to laugh at genocide. I'm a good person. I went to the march. Um, but it's like, you'll be in the prison camps too. You know, He doesn't give a fuck. Uh, thank you guys so much. Have a great night. Yes, more time for Sonia. You know, one more time. Actually, Sonia and Rhea both started at an open mic that I used to run in Chicago, which is, they're, you know, obviously both amazing comics and equally important to me. <laughs> no, that's, that was, that, this is really great to have you on this show. It's really fun. Yeah, you're amazing. Oh, that's fun. I don't know, because you, when you see somebody when they're a baby comic and then they grow up and it's, it's a whole thing. You know, you were talking about your mom seeing you do a YouTube clip. The first time, okay, so when I first started doing, I had been doing improv for a bunch of years and then I used, to, and I would have a day job as well because you kind of can't make a lot of money doing improv, which I say knowing you all take classes here. <laughs> Um, you can pay a lot of money doing improv. Um, but anyway, so I, I uh, was at a day job and then I went to grad school um, at the University of Chicago, which is a great grad school, very, like a top tier school. And I studied a social work there, which is a ridiculous thing to do because you don't make any money as a social worker. And you can really just get a degree anywhere. And it's absurd to go to like a very expensive top of the line school. Uh, you don't. You don't need to. Um, but my parents were very proud that I was going to the University of Chicago for social work, and then I dropped out uh, to do stand up full time. And I was like, "Trust me, you guys." It was the same week that I dropped, that I dropped out, and I was like, "Trust me, you guys. Like, I'm doing this new thing. It's like definitely my path. Improv was cool, but like, uh, for real, this is what I want to do." And uh, I took them to a show, and I was standing with them, and also standing with us was the parents of the dude who went up before me. 
And it turns out that my dad and this guy's dad had grown up in like adjacent streets in like this tough Italian neighborhood in Chicago. And so it was, they were like chumming around. Oh, our kids do this thing now. And we're from the same neighborhood. You know, yeah, Italian meatballs. Um, uh, that's not true. Italian beef sandwich is a more regional reference. Um, anyway. So I was standing in the middle and my parents were on one side and this other comic's parents were on the other side of me. And he went and did his set. And this is somebody I still know. I had never seen them perform before. Uh, so I didn't know that at the time, their entire set was about, uh, it, was, it was a dude comics whose whole set was about shitting in his girlfriend's mouth. Oh. Horn came up. <laughs> and I was, I mean, it was like the night that I was like, Mom and Dad, I swear, I'm gonna get out there and make a difference. I don't need to be a social worker, I'll just give it to the people, you know, through words. And they were standing here, and, I, and the color drained fully out of their faces. And they were, I mean, it was like, you wanted to vomit just listening. It was very, you know, it was uh, funny. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't funny. But the other amazing thing is that this, the dude who was doing seven minutes on shitting in his girlfriend's mouth, his parents, they fucking loved this material. <laughs> about to die and I have killed them and this guy's parents are like we're so proud we're so proud of our kid getting out there making something of himself and then we had like he got off stage and we had to be like ah, what a what a what a comic you know and they're like we know we taught him everything um it was horrifying. It was horrifying. <sighs> anyway. I still talk to my mom about it. She remembers it too. The corn, there was, do you remember how they, it got like into corn? My mom's like, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They do come, they see me do stand up a lot. It's fine. Um, it's gotten better. My dad used to call me with notes the morning after. <laughs> then I told him he couldn't come for one year because he was not allowed to give me notes. He literally would call at 8 a.m. Hey! He's like on his way to work. Hey! I don't think you need to curse. <laughs> The second joke was okay. I'm not sure you need to talk about being a lesbian. <laughs> well, Dad, you not thinking I need to talk about being a lesbian might be the reason I do stand up. <laughs> anyway, should we keep the show rolling? 
think I just dented the microphone for the first time in my life. I fucking hate it when comics do that. I'll buy you one. I'm sorry to the CB. Um, or you can just, you know, up the their, their prices of all their classes. <laughs> you guys, this next comic uh, is hilarious. I've worked with her on the road, and it's so great to have her here uh, tonight at this show. You guys, please start applauding even now. And keep it going for Lydia Popovich, you guys. Give it up for Lydia. Hello. Hello, friends. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is the best fucking job. Like, everything that Cameron was just talking about doesn't matter. We still do it because comedy is amazing. This is an amazing job. I get to travel around. I get to walk into rooms of complete strangers and vie for your attention, you know? Like, everyone in here, it's your job just to to shower me with affection. Do you know how rewarding and amazing that is? Like, who needs parents? I have comedy, you know? (laughs) It's great. Uh, I love traveling the best. Uh, I do love seeing new places. I'm originally from San Francisco, which is a really fucking quirky place. Like, San Francisco is the kind of place where you can show up with no direction and just, like, sit down at a cafe, and a stranger's gonna saunter up to you and be like, oh, my God, you have amazing energy. (laughs) You know, what are you doing here? You know, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know yet. I'm just trying to find myself. And they're like, oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah, you're a poet, you know, and then they, they touch you on the shoulder and you look down and you're wearing like a striped shirt and you have a whole notebook full of dick haikus you don't remember writing. Like, like that's how people find their future in San Francisco. So like I'm used to some quirk, you know, so it's great. I can go just about anywhere without being surprised uh, until last year when I visited Portland, Oregon for the first time. Uh, if you've not been to Portland, Oregon, maybe you've seen the documentary Portlandia. <laughs> Yes, I said documentary, because that shit is real. Portland is fucking weird, you guys. Like, beards are made of plaid. Like, everyone just smokes weed everywhere. Like, all things come in a plot. Like, like, no plastic. No, no, it's just like a canvas bag, a glass jar. You're suspected to bring all your own hardware. Like, you didn't bring a spoon. We don't have that. No, you know. No, you you just tilt the gourd into your face. Like, that's... You know, everyone wants to live in a fucking tiny house. Are you guys familiar with this notion of tiny houses? Like, there's a TV show about it. Like, I had no idea what this shit was until I went to Portland, and then I was literally like, oh, it's like a literal tiny house. Like, like families of four are like, we just want to downsize. We want to leave our house of 1,500 square feet, and we just all want to live in a 300-square-foot studio. You know, we just want to be close. We just want to be close to each other. You're like, well, where are you going to put all your shit? And they're like, it just folds down. Everything folds down. It just folds up. You know, just everything just folds in. It just folds, including us. Like, when we want to loot time, we just, like, stare in the corner. Like, that's just, just stare at the corner just till we're like, oh, it's still here. Okay. <laughs> Bonding. Like, fuck your tiny house. Okay. Uh, I, I'm Mexican and Russian, which is a fucking weird mix. But, like, I was raised by people who worked hard. So, like, the concept of moving into a tiny house makes zero sense to me. Like, I've worked my whole life towards my goal like my goal is to have a house so big there are so many bathrooms in it I need a legend to figure out which one I have not taken a shit in you know like I just I want to wake up in the morning and like today I'm gonna explore the west wing you know like that's so fuck your tiny house I don't I don't know anyway anyway, back to Portland uh 
I did a comedy show in a bike shop uh, because everything happens in a bike shop. Uh, there was literal bikes being worked on at night as I told jokes. It was amazing. I was like, where do you need to... I don't know, that's right, you don't have cars. Uh, did my set. It was great. After my set, a gentleman walked towards me and he, he's talking to me and he's chatting me up and I quickly realized this guy is hitting on me and I was shocked. Uh, and not because I don't think I'm beautiful because fucking duh, look at me, I'm great. Uh, but the I was shocked just because that does not happen to female comics. Like, men just don't come up and hit on you because you're funny. Like, no one loves you for your personality. Like, at best, we have some creep with too much where's my hug energy just walking towards his pelvis first, like, hey, what's up? Let me get that hug. And you're like, fucking, no way. Get the thing out of here. It's like the best. It's the best that's gonna happen. So imagine my amazement when this gentleman is talking to my face. Nice, tall, white man talking to me to my face, making complete sentences, asking questions about, like, just me, you know? <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, and he goes, uh, so uh, what do you do? And that's when it went downhill, because I was like, motherfucker, you just heard me talk about my vagina for 20 minutes. I'm a comic. <laughs> that's what I do. It's my job. What do you do? That's more realistic. What do you do, sir, who's trying to hit on me? And his eyes lit up, and he said to me, oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I gorilla harvest figs and make jam. <laughs> yep. Grown ass man looked me dead in my face as he's hitting on me and told me that his job was gorilla harvesting figs to make jam. Now, my brain immediately went to a few places. Number one, gorilla harvesting. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, that's not a thing. Uh, what you're telling me, sir, is that you're a thief. You're telling me that you wander around at night and you climb into yards that are not yours and you steal fruit. There's nothing revolutionary about that unless there's a literal gorilla involved, in which case, let's talk. Uh, you're not a revolutionary. You're a fucking thief. Okay? Number two, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even know what a fig looked like outside of a Newton. <laughs> Until I was like 26. So like, I'm just like amazed that not only does this guy know what figs look like in the wild, but number two, why the fuck are there so many figs in Portland? Why are there so many? There are that many figs that this guy can not only identify them, he can steal them, and not only steal them, steal enough of them that he can produce jam at such a rapid rate, he feels confident enough to come up to me, a full-grown, beautiful, actualized woman, and tell me to his face that his job is gorilla harvesting fruit to make jam. <laughs> He's telling me that he believes that his knowledge of faith can substantiate a livelihood and a life for the both of us based on the economy of jam? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Sorry, sir, but I don't believe. <laughs> which ultimately led me to third place, which is ladies. Feminism is working. <laughs> You know, men are finally feeling vulnerable enough to tell us that they make jam for a living. You know? Which is okay, but like, I just want the movement to slow down because if that's where we're getting, I don't want it. Like, I don't, like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want rape culture. Absolutely not. But I don't want fucking jam, okay? Like, I just, I don't. I just want somewhere in between. Like, preferably somebody with a big dick that can take out my trash. Like, that's just where I'm at in my life, because that's just where I'm at. Like, I'm just tired of men talking about all the physical body parts that they like, you know, and women killing themselves to meet those standards. So I just want to encourage women to be honest. Just be honest about what you like. Just ask a man, 
what he has working, you know? Because I know what I want. I'm an old lady, all right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked around enough, I know what I like. I like a big dick, all right? And I'm gonna ask you to your face if you have a big dick. And what I want you to do is tell me the truth. And here's the thing, gentlemen. You think you're good at lying because like you say some coy shit like, you know, it's not the uh, size of the ocean. It's the motion. Yeah. Here's the thing. They call it an ocean for a reason. <laughs> it's the deep, vast, wide, majestic motherfucking ocean. <laughs> like if you showed up to Cabo San Lucas and there was a pond, you'd be disappointed, right? <laughs> so like, just be real, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I just want someone, like I said, just to give me the business and take out my trash, you know? I want someone to fuck me like it's their job, you know? I want someone to fuck me so I don't forget my name and shit. I want to start speaking languages I don't know, like Chinese, just like, Ni hao ma, you know, I want to reach for my phone when we're done and start calling an Uber and have you just like knock it out of my hand and be like, nah, baby, you live here. <laughs> I can't help it, you guys. I'm a romantic. <laughs> my name's Lydia Popovich. Thank you so much. on the show so you know we get real excited for that and this comic uh, has written on Fallon and been seen on Heart in the City please give a warm welcome to Josh Johnson right now thanks <laughs> I, uh, I watch a lot of trash TV that's something that I do too much and uh, I was like 16 and pregnant a lot of teen mom and I've realized we never talk about teen dads. Because don't get me wrong, being a teen mom is definitely way harder than being a teen dad, but as a teen dad, what if your first memory that your child has of you is of you being bullied? How you gonna respect your dad when your first memory is him with toilet water in his hair? It's one of my biggest fears, not that I'm a teen anymore, it's just... I'm scared of being such a weak father figure that I create a Batman because I lived. <laughs> it's like one of my main goals to diminish my ego. I feel like ego is the root of all problems, you know? Every phobia, every war, every bad thing's been caused by ego. I just don't want it anymore, but I struggle with it. Like, like, for example, I'll pose this question to you. If someone broke up with you, would you want them, the next person that they date, to be better than you or worse than you? Because I've had both, and they're both terrible. <laughs> I dated a woman, and she broke up with me. She dated this other dude way better than me. Next time I saw her, I was at a party with this dude. Not only was he better than me, he had my name. <laughs> He had my name and was better, like his face just a little bit more symmetrical than mine. Like he, and he was tall, just tall enough that I had to look up to him. Like I had, my neck had to move back. I have so many anxiety problems that he is a therapist. 
I'm not, I'm not kidding. This dude, okay, I'm not athletic at all. I always wanted to be. And I saw this dude at the park grab a basketball with one hand and hold it up for no reason. <laughs> he is so beautiful. He looks like if my parents had sex harder. Like... <laughs> Then I had the, the opposite happen. I dated a woman, she broke with me. Next dude she dated didn't have a back of the head. I'll go ahead and tell you, cause she told me when he was a baby, dad dropped him, all right? Picked him up, immediately dropped him again. Just his hand slipped, dropped him in the same spot. Then picked him up again. He slipped in the spot where he dropped him and they both fell. Now he doesn't have a back of the head. The back of the head handles so much stuff in the brain that I don't think he can see. So now he can't see and he doesn't have a back of my head, just my girlfriend. It's terrible. I had a member of my family. Uh, I had a, I had a, cousin join a cult which is like really scary you know and it's like like you're, you're scared you're gonna get brainwashed you're not gonna be able to talk them out of it and everything we were horrified we love them and everything but then we found out that the cult only had two other people in it <laughs> and one was the leader so really Really, you just two dudes doing a guy favors. Like, <laughs> that's all that's really good. Your, your Manson mansion is a studio apartment. Comfortably. I made a, I had the, the fortune this year of already getting to make a, a one percenter laugh. He was a very, very, very rich man. I made him laugh. He, they, well, just so you guys know, the 1%, they don't laugh like us. Uh, I made this dude laugh, and all he did was like, ha, 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 money's great. That's all. <laughs> that was the whole laugh. This is usually where I lose people, so stick with me. <laughs> Does it bum anybody else out that the only thing that's ever made the world better is old people dying? Like, think about it. The civil rights movement, nobody changed their mind. They're just not with us anymore. <laughs> Which leads to another bummer realization that ageism is the only bigotry rooted in reality. No 16-year-old should be anybody's boss. I don't care what the job is. And it wasn't until long after uh, my great granddad stopped driving that he admitted he couldn't see for the last two years. <laughs> so is it ages to take away 90 year old people's driver's license? Of course, but at 90, you have one of two things. You either know where you want to go or you can drive, not both. <laughs> I'll tell you guys about this before I go. This is another kind of like iffy topic, so just stick with me. 
I've seen recently uh, a lot of people on the internet calling other people on the internet or people in person calling people they know racist, right? But usually it's like a white person calling another white person racist for doing something. But I'll tell you right now, as a black dude who grew up in the South, I don't think you're racist until you've gone to your second Klan meeting. <laughs> Let me explain, because the first one Maybe Jebediah just invited you to a barbecue, all right? Everybody loves barbecue, okay? You get there, there's dry rub, there's sloppy, you loving it, it's good barbecue, and then somebody puts a hood on, you're like, I know this is a costume party barbecue, and then somebody burns a cross, and you're like, I'm already here. <laughs> I bring this up because it's happened to my friend Jordan. He accidentally went to a Klan rally. Because this dude named Jebediah invited him to a barbecue. He didn't call it a Klan rally. So then he went, and then he called me. He, he waited for an hour so they weren't freaked out by how freaked out he was, because I feel like they would have killed him. So then he went home and then called me, and I came over, and he told me all about it. And the Klan rally is what you think it is. But uh, as he was telling me about it, I looked past him in the kitchen, and I saw a to-go plate, and I was like, are those Klan ribs? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, and I was like, can I have some? <laughs> and I'm here to tell y'all tonight, clam ribs are delicious. I don't know what it is about hatred. Somebody got something right. That dry rub is amazing. It hurts me as a black man from the South who grew up eating ribs to have the best ribs I've ever had cooked by someone who hates that I love their ribs. <laughs> Guys, I'm Josh Johnson. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Well, this has been a great show, and we got one final comic who is, well, he guys, he's just the best. He's a total comedy legend. It's so fucking fun when he's here. Let's hear it right now for my friend and yours, Mr. Andy Kindler. Give it up for Andy! There's never music that I can follow. All right. It's like an upbeat fifth uh, girl band thing. Okay, what am I, 90? What is that, a girl band? Is it the Go-Go's? Is it the Bangles? Is it Bananarama? Is it Fun Boy 3 through 6? That can't be a band. Fun Boy 3 was. Come on, Andy. Stop arguing with yourself and get on with it. I went to a clock store the other day, and uh, the lady, or whoever it was, didn't really happen, but the lady, the man, the, the self... Self-service. I left my. I lost my phone. If anyone backstage can find it, I don't know why. I tell us something's wrong with me. So I went to the clock store, and the lady says, uh, "You want a second hand?" I said, "Not on my watch. Not on my watch." Do you want the date? Not on my watch. Yeah, I know. I did. Where'd you find that? I don't know what's wrong with me. But the important thing is, all the great performers were concerned about where their phone was. Elvis used to futz around, where's my... Elvis would insist that they brought his uh, rotary phone out. That's their rotary phone. Rot 
So what, clan rallies are bad now? Oh, I'm the bad guy? Oh, oh, that's wrong? Oh. Oh, going to a rally is wrong now? Do you think in Germany in 1932 they ever said things like, uh, thank you, I never got a laugh just from saying Germany in 32. You think they ever got, the everything they ever said in Germany in 32, when is it, you think Hitler's gonna pivot? You think there's a chance that Hitler is gonna pivot? <laughs> Donald Trump is just like Hitler, except at least Hitler was a veteran. <laughs> Donald Trump is just like Hitler, except Hitler was occasionally reasonable every once in a while. Donald Trump's just a... <laughs> it's real now, folks. This is real. Who died and made Jim Belushi a big star? <laughs> Too soon? Too late? Too soon? Too late? I think it was the great philosopher Descartes who said, I think, therefore, am I right, ladies? <laughs> HDMI right, ladies? Just came out with my own HDMI cord. Andy Kindler branded, branded HDMI right. I could do jokes like, and then it continues. Oh, I'm the bad guy because I said the terrible thing? All right. That's cool. How come Mike, you know, Mike Huckabee has been to Auschwitz. Oh, oh I almost fell over. <laughs> I've only been doing comedy for 30 years. I don't have my sea legs. Walk on the boards. How much cord do you need? What are we doing? Am I doing a Mick Jagger run, run down a ramp? Yes, I'm getting mad about nothing. What is this? I asked for, uh, by the way, I copyrighted this uh, mic hold. You ever see a comic use this? I get a little, uh, I get a little taste. Look at that. You can, you can gesture, nothing gets in the way. Oh, look at that, huh? Solid uh, underneath the, uh, uh, all the flaps. All right, now look. I don't have flaps. Who, what, where? Mike Huckabee's been to Auschwitz six times. Why six times? I mean, I could see you go to Auschwitz twice. You know, you, you don't get to see all the rides the first time. And, uh, well, all I'm doing there is taking the Holocaust and trivializing it for humor. All right. But Huckabee's been there six times. What is he? What is he? Taking notes? The implication being that he would uh, put, uh, he would kill us or something? What is he? What is he? Uh... Donald Trump, he's gonna round everybody up and he's gonna put everybody in Trump-centration camps. The greatest concentration camps ever made. I will get the Jews to pay for the camps. See, see? The social commentary that winds its way through my act. <laughs> Think about it. I'm gonna be one, I'm gonna be a Think About It comic. Think about it, people. Think about it. That's where I came up with it, right in the old noggin. <laughs> My dad was one of the first people who uh, hated Trump. This is a totally true story. <laughs> What's happening? Am I getting, is there an Ashton Kutcher style prank 
going on behind me? Two and a half men was better with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, is that a signal? I couldn't tell. What are you, what is that? Uh, two and a half men was better with Ashton Kutcher. You see two and a half men? Better, it's better. This is a guy who likes Ashton Kutcher too much. So two and a half you see those prank shows Ashton Kutcher does? Hilarious. Goes up to a celebrity, your wife just died. Kidding! It's a joke. Your family, he was just burned in a fire. It's a joke. Kidding. It's a prank. You have cancer. You don't. You don't have cancer. Prank show. Did you see what did you see when Ashton Kutcher played Steve Apples in that movie? This is a guy who likes Ashton Kutcher too much and thinks the head of Apple was named Steve Apples. You see that? You see Steve Apples? Could be unbelievable. If you close your eyes and you never heard Steve Apples talk, I swear he was Steve Apples. There are six more Steve Jobs movies coming out next year. Uh, Steve Jobs, medical examiner. Was, not was. A terrible joke. Terrible joke, and you're all terrible. So my dad, oh, look at me, oh, I'm switching it up for the last couple of minutes. My dad uh, hated Donald Trump, and, uh, and he was, my dad was a plumbing and heating contractor, and Donald Trump was one of his clients, and Donald Trump never paid his bills. He's a conniving chiseler. Everything you hear about him is true, because my dad, I know it from my dad. And one year, as a joke, we got my dad, we got my dad for his birthday, Art of the Deal board game, because we knew we hated Trump, so we thought it'd be a hilarious prank. So he opens up and he goes, what is this? This hard to deal board game, Dad. Why, why would you get me this? Because you hate Donald Trump. I got a board game. And he didn't laugh. We were like, oh, the old, the old man is losing it. But then, like, a couple days later, like, of course. He says he hates Donald Trump. And we got him a Donald Trump board game. <laughs> Luckily, thank God that my dad died two years ago and didn't have to see this horrible thing come true. That's the only good news about this whole thing. I'm sorry, my, my dad died? Too soon? That was my, that was my reaction. Too soon? People get uncomfortable about this material, but my dad, he would have wanted me to do weak material about his passing. When, before he died, he took me aside and said, Andy, when this is all over, I hope you turn into another one of your bits that goes nowhere. People grieve differently. I grieve by trying to turn it into a tight five. <laughs> a lot of uh, comedy critics that compare me to uh, Joan Rivers, uh, not because of my comedy, they just predict that I will die during a routine procedure. <laughs> oh, I'm the bad guy? Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry I was fussing with the mic back in the stand at the end there. Hard to laugh. Uh, it's all I've been doing in 30 years. Very, very awkward. <laughs> Thank you. Andy Kindler, you guys, let him hear it. Andy Kindler! Andy Kindler. That was like the funniest um, thing I've ever seen. Andy Kindler is the comic we need right now. Yes, he's the comic we need. Hey, you guys, what? I want to say one thing yeah. real quick. I know we have to go right now, but I just want to say with all these people here that love you so very much, 
Sonia Denny started at the uh, open mic that you started in Chicago. And so did I. And so did a bunch of other women that you guys know about. And if it wasn't for this woman right here, we wouldn't be here today. And so I want all of you guys to give Cameron Esposito a huge round of applause. Because she made the stand-up scene in Chicago different. She made it different and she made more people be able to do stand-up. And it has changed stand-up. She changed stand-up. And I love her for that. from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.